0: Good morning, everyone. <laughs> good morning. Welcome to Hope Church this Mother's Day. We are so honored that you chose to start your day off here with us. Uh, my name is Crystal. I am Pastor Todd's wife. And uh, did all the ladies get a rose? Is there anyone here, a lady here who didn't get a rose? Raise your hand. Really high. Really high. Oh, my goodness. Yay, Eshers. Good job. Greeters. Y'all did awesome. Well, I'm going to put mine here because... This reminds me that I am special. So when I get when I get caught up with my sermon and feel like, oh my gosh, what am I saying or what am I doing? I'll remember God still loves me even though I'm wrecking this. <laughs> okay, so um, everyone, we want you all the ladies here. We all the single ladies. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we want you to have roses here. <laughs> I don't know. It just popped into my head. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, we want all the ladies here to have a rose to remind you how special and how cherished you are. Uh, we recognize that Mother's Day may be a very difficult day for a lot of you. Uh, we understand that it's not a, all about roses and happiness and celebrating with family. We understand some may not have family to celebrate with or may have, have lost loved ones and children. Um, we want you to know that you are loved and you are cherished and you are not forgotten and um, God loves you. You are a daughter of Christ and because of that, you are special. So we want you to know that today. So, all right. So, we're just going to dive right in because I went too long last time, so if I talk fast, sorry, (laughs) bear with me. So I'm going to share a little bit about myself. Um, I graduated from high school in 2005 and my biggest debate with my parents as a teenager this is I was a very strange child. I didn't have those terrible teen years with my mom where we butted heads all the time. I was fairly a fairly compliant child and I was really honored a lot of our church friends would ask my mom, "What are you doing with what are you doing with Crystal because we want our daughter to turn out like her mom." Was like my mom was just, she took a lot of pride in that. So and I do too. Until I it was a discussion about going to college. And the biggest fight I had with my mom and dad was me going to college. My mom sat me down and she said, Crystal, college is a big decision. And I would really think, I really think junior college is a good way for you to go. It's affordable for us. We will cover every penny of it if you go to Cisco Junior College here in Abilene. Live at home and make sure college is what you want to do. Because see, I had an older sister who went to McMurray University in Abilene. She went for a year and decided it wasn't for her and had all this student loan debt. <laughs> and so, and my parents had made a deal with her. They would pay for half of her, she would pay for half, and she didn't finish and they weren't happy. So they said, try it out at Cisco. That's affordable. We can do that. And I said, Mom, I went to a college preparatory school and I'm going to a university. I'm going to Abilene Christian University, which cost about probably, you could probably buy a brand new car for what one semester there costs. <laughs> and mom said, okay, if you want to go there, you can go there, that, that's your choice, but we're not paying for it. And I was like, well, I will, I'll figure out a way. And so, I did. I got student loans, went to, went to Abilene Christian University for a year and a half. Um, <laughs> and then, um, one of my, my last semester there, was um, fall of 2006, and I had been enrolled in two pretty heavy science classes, one being chemistry, one being microbiology. Something about these classes (laughs) is chemistry and microbiology both require labs. So it's kind of like taking two classes in one, because you have assignments for your normal class, and then you have lab assignments that require time as well. And... (laughs) I struggled in school with math, which chemistry, I didn't realize, is very heavily math-based. There's a lot of equations and a lot of formulas that you have to do with chemistry. With. It's more than just knowing the periodic table, <laughs> which is what I was expecting. And then micro was fascinating to me on a lot of different levels, but in particular, um, it was a very difficult class. Micro is regarding all of the germs that are covering our bodies and doors and phones and Bible and whatnot, um, it really gross you out. <laughs> it really will make you a hypochondriac. So um, <laughs> so um, it was, it's a very fascinating class, but it was very fast-paced and a lot of memorization. Um, and I fell behind in both of these classes. And these were both required. I wanted to go to nursing school. They were both very strong requirements for nursing school. And um, I struggled. Got to the end of the semester. What had happened? I made D's in both. And here something about Abilene is they have an intercollegiate school of nursing. All three universities, Hardin-Simmons, McMurray, and ACU, use the same nursing school. Now, let me tell you, there's a lot of people that go to all three of those universities wanting to get into nursing school. And me making a D in chemistry and micro and having to repeat those at a very expensive university was not a great plan. And I was just like, God, why? Why am I going through this? I know you want me to be a nurse. I know that this is the plan you have for my life. Why am I going through this? I can't afford this. I'm not going to be a doctor. <laughs> and I, was, I felt lost. I felt hopeless. I was thinking, what am I going to do? I can't come out of, I've only been here a year and a half. And I just wasted A lot of money on classes that mean absolutely nothing other than bringing my GPA down, which will affect my ability to get into nursing school. I was very frustrated. I felt very scared and alone. And I had to go to my mom and tell her, Mom, you were right. On that note, let's turn to Ruth. Ruth 1. Y'all turn in your Bibles. So you have the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, then Ruth. Sorry, I was looking for it the other day, and I was like, oh my gosh, where is it? I should know this better. That's one thing about version: it's terrible, is you don't, you don't have to know the, the order of books in the Bible anymore. And you really, if you don't use it, you definitely lose it. So anyway, it took me a while. So let's go on and get started. Ruth 1.1. In the days when Judges ruled, there was famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name Naomi, and the two sons were Mothlon and Kilian. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Mahlon and Killian also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to aid the people by providing food for them, Naomi Her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there, home being Judah. With their two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. She then kissed them and wept aloud and said to her, and and said to her, We will go back. And they wept aloud and they said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could be your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and gave birth to sons... Would you wait for them to grow up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No. My daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone against me. So what's going on here is there was famine in Judah. Judah is a region, and they lived in Bethlehem. There was famine. They decided, hey, let's pick up. There's not enough food here. Let's move to Moab. They went to Moab. Elimelech, Naomi's husband, passes away. The two sons are there to help take care of their mom. They get married to Orpa and, and Ruth. And then a few years later, after 10 years, the two sons end up dying. So you have Naomi, you have Orpah, and you have Ruth. That's a bad combination in those days. Women back then did not have any value or worth if they were not married, and they didn't have anything. So... Naomi who was foreign to Moab where she'd lived for 10 years even though she'd lived there was like I'm going to go home I'm going to go home I have nothing here and she was going to take the girls with her but then she was like you know what y'all y'all are from here I don't want to take you out of your land go back to your families go get married go on with your life I'm going to go Well here is what Ruth thought about that starting in verse 14 At this they wept again, then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, and Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara. Because the Almighty has made, me, made my life very bitter. Okay, I'm going to stop there. So basically, Ruth refused to go back home, or to stay home in Moab. She wanted to go with Naomi. She didn't want Naomi to be alone, which was very selfless of Ruth. Because how easy would it have been to go home to her family, to her friends, her familiar religion? Ruth was of a pagan religion, they were, she was a Moabites, which Moabites, Moabites and Ephrathites were against each other, and Israelites, they were against each other. Um, but, but through, the Lord had allowed them to meet through these strange circumstances. So Ruth decided to go and, re- and remove herself from comfortable surroundings. Now, Naomi was spared more loss and disappointment because Ruth stayed with her. Um, And I think it seems as if um, Naomi almost seems a little ungrateful for a period of time um, because she went back and she was like, call me Mara, which means bitter. I have nothing, which she has lost a lot, but she had Ruth who chose to stay with her, someone who was familiar, someone who was close to her. Um, God provided Ruth to Naomi because Naomi had literally nothing. Ruth chose instability because she didn't know what she was going to to Judah, and she didn't know how they would treat her. I mean, whenever we see patients, whenever we see patients, <laughs> when we see people come over from other countries, and we recognize that they're different, do, does I, do, you, want, like, do you want to go and give them a big hug? I mean, you, you feel a little uncomfortable because you're like, a, you don't know what their traditions are, you don't know if you smile, you don't know if you make eye contact. So, Ruth was willing to go th- from her familiar surroundings to unfamiliar surroundings. And Ruth, what it boils down to is God gave Ruth to Naomi as a gift. And later on in the story, which I highly encourage you all to read, this is really a fascinating story. It would make a tremendous movie. Um, God provided Boaz. Well, Boaz was a distant re- relative to Naomi. And Naomi basically played matchmaker and hooked up Ruth and Boaz. And Boaz was a wealthy man. He was upstanding. And he was, um, he was basically a gift to Ruth. And in that, he also took care of Naomi. But through the grapevine, Boaz had already heard of Ruth. She had such an amazing character, which you all can tell. She, she, she sacrificed everything she knew and had to go with Naomi, and Boaz had heard word of this. He had heard, wow, he was really impressed. He was like, wow, this woman cared so much for her mother-in-law that she followed her and wanted to help her through her difficult time. And so God was watching over that and ordained that, those moments where they met and honored that time. Um, let's see. I do encourage all to go home and read the rest of the story because it is a fascinating story. Um, Through the whole process, when Boaz heard of Ruth and Naomi, he actually told his servants, because they were working on Boaz's land. They were helping um, harvest fields of barley. And he told his servants, his servant men, keep your hands off of Ruth. You make sure she's taken care of. And he didn't have any, he didn't know her. It wasn't because he, I don't think, it doesn't say that he was pursuing her in any form or fashion, but he, he honored her and what she, what she stood for. So he had told them so that she was protected. He was protecting her even before she, they were married. So down the road, they end up getting married. Boaz purchases Elimelech. Elimelech is Naomi's husband that passed away. He purchases all the land that he had. And he wanted to use that land to honor... Elimelech, and Mahlon, and Kilian. So his father-in-law, or it wouldn't be his father-in-law, they were not really, his family member that had passed away to honor Naomi, her, her deceased husband, and also Ruth and her deceased husband, which I think is pretty fascinating. How many men would honor their spouse's person that passed away, their partner that passed away? And then that's that to me, that is huge. And I think it's just a testament to um, Boaz's character, Naomi's character, and Ruth's character. But I do think it was interesting. It kind of made me, kind of made me snicker a little bit. Why, um, why was Ruth, or why was Naomi so sad even when Ruth stayed? How many times do we encounter moments where God is showing us grace and mercy and we don't even acknowledge it or don't even realize it? Sometimes, in our greatest sorrow, God's plan is beginning to unfold. And it's hard in those moments to see where He's working, but He is. So, one of my biggest fears personally is losing Todd, my husband, or one of my children, my mom. Noah, Maddie, Isaiah, they're so precious to me. And um, the Lord has to work on my heart because I think, God, if you love me or if you love so-and-so, why would you take their children away? Why would you let their, their mom or dad pass away like that? Why do you let these things happen? And I can't help but Naomi was thinking, God, you've, you've left me nothing we left land that we were starving. We were, we were living in hell on earth. And we left that to go, get to have a better life. And you took away everything that I knew. And I'm sure she was thinking, why did we leave? If we had just stayed in Judah, they would all still be alive. And we don't understand why those things happen. We don't understand why we lose our loved ones. And it hurts. But Job says, Naked I came into this world, and naked I leave. We have nothing. We have we have our family, we have our we have our spouse, we have our home, we have our cars, we have our career, we have our we have our security. But all of those are gifts from the Lord. Those are those come from God. Nothing that we have nothing that we have acquired ourselves, nothing that we no strength. Every breath we take is a gift from God and it can be gone like that. But it's to remember that God is sovereign and he is the one who gives, he is the one who takes away and it's okay. He's in control and when we walk in that and we walk when we walk in that realm of peace and security, that is that is when we have the most peace. We just sing a song about total surrender. You can have it all, Lord, everything that I own. Take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours. You're telling him, God, my career, my finances, my kids, my family, it's all yours. Take it. Let me walk and breathe in your life. It's a song of surrender. Ruth is a testament also. I wanted to bring this up. Ruth is a testament that God is for everyone. She was a part of a pagan tribe. She grew up in a pagan land with different gods, different culture than Israel. And she moved there and she told Naomi, I will your God will be my God. And she was she was Brought up into that, she, she was a Christian, what, what you would call back then. She turned into an Ephrathite, a follower of God. Something I forgot to mention in the last service, too, which is really incredible, is Boaz and Ruth had children together. And their children, their family... Ended up being following the genealogy of Christ. I mean, what, how, how honored would you be to know that your great grandchild or great 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 grandchild was a president of the United States? Not only that, but imagine Jesus Christ, the perfect example to follow. What an honor. What an honor to be remembered by. Man, that, <laughs> I just couldn't imagine. So, my whole ordeal with school. <laughs> I, was at, I was a lot like Naomi, God. I don't know what to do. If I, if I quit school right now, I'm making minimum wage. <laughs> There's no way I can pay these student loans back. What am I going to do? What is your plan for me? So I sat down with my mom and I told her, Mom, didn't do very well this year. This semester, I'm messing it up pretty bad. And she said, Crystal, that happens. That's okay. If you want to go to Cisco Junior College, the offer still stands. They were still willing to pay for me to go to Cisco Junior College, even though I was pompous and arrogant and felt like I deserved better. (laughs) Don't Don't we all feel that way sometimes? I, why am I going there? I don't deserve this. <laughs> and at Cisco Junior College, nursing school was competitive there as well. It was hard to get into the program, but I was very fortunate. Um, the Lord, it was very obvious the Lord was constructing and confirming the steps that I was taking was exactly where I needed to be. Um, we happened to know admission specialists at Cisco who happened to know and was very close with the nursing school selection committee. And they put a star by my name whenever my application came through. And lo and behold, I was accepted into nursing school at Cisco Junior College. I did not have a moment or a semester of, of any downtime. As soon as I left ACU in the fall, I, I picked up in the spring with the pre, prereqs I needed for nursing school. And then, bam, I was in nursing school, which is huge. It's huge. And looking back through the whole course of... T- I was felt so helpless and hopeless. I was in a place of uncertainty. I didn't know what was going to happen. And God provided. He orchestrated a beautiful plan to get me to where I needed to be. Nothing just happens. God knows. It wasn't my mistake. It was a part of God's plan. So what does this all mean for us? Perhaps you've made a big mistake. Have you made a big mistake that you couldn't come back from? Have you, or have you just happened upon circumstances that are very difficult? That you're like, God, why am I here? I didn't choose this. I didn't want to walk down this road. I did everything I could to prevent going down this road, and now I'm here. I'll never recover from this, God. The great great thing is God can take our biggest mistakes and our worst circumstances and turn them into our biggest successes. Number two, who has God strategically placed in your life to encourage you that you overlook or are ungrateful for? Are we crying out to God, saying, God, where is my help? Where are you? Where, where is my encouragement? I don't feel you. I don't have anyone I can talk to. I don't have anyone I can, I can confide in. When the answer is staring us right back in the face. And as the band comes forward, number three, do you truly grasp how loved and how cherished you are? Do you understand that an innocent man died for you? Do you understand that every hair on your head is counted? He knows how many hairs we have on our head. And if you have a head of hair like me, that changes every minute. It can be hard to keep up with. But He knows because He loves me. Do you know that He has a plan for you? And do you believe he's orchestrating a beautiful story as he did for Ruth and Naomi? Let's stand. Guys, you're cherished, you're loved, you're not forgotten in the most helpless and hopeless circumstances. He was there for Naomi and Ruth. He provided abundantly, more than what they could have imagined, being a part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. What a reward. And they didn't know that at the time. They know now. Sometimes on this side, we'll never see why we're going through the trials we're going through. But he has a plan. He is orchestrating a plan, and we just have to believe and know he is here. In a moment, we're going to have our prayer partners up front and in the back. If there is something that you're going through that you need encouragement over, we really want you to come up and get prayer. We want you to know you're not alone. We want, to, we want to help you. If you want to give your life to the Lord, this is the time to do it. We're not going to embarrass you. We want to walk you down that road. We want to help you with those steps. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for the great God you are, Lord. Lord, you are powerful and you are mighty. And Lord, we forget. We put you in a box, God. Forgive us for doing that, God. Let us see you for what you are. Open our eyes so we can see the might and the power that you have, God. You are so much bigger than our circumstances. Lord, may we honor you with our lives may we never feel hopeless may we always turn to you in times of darkness and in times of need God Lord we just thank you and we praise you for the amazing God you are help us in our time